HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Brian Kenny, and you're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, HRN is celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, they've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is presented by New York Mutual Trading. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, February 13th, 2019. This is the 205th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guests are the owners of a New York bakery with big, beloved cookies and more. And I will introduce them fully in a moment. First, as we do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, we're going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to allow friendships to grow into business partnerships. Now, some people may be wary of mixing business and pleasure and prefer to keep them separate, kind of like church and state often due to fear of ruining a good friendship. But if your personal relationships are strong and you are confident in your mission, expectations, and communication, why not collaborate? It can lead to a beautiful business success. So don't be afraid to partner with those you like when it feels right. That's my tip today. Now, I'm thrilled to have my two guests here with me in the studio. They are Connie McDonald and Pam Weeks. They are the founder of Levain Bakery in New York City, known for its world-famous cookies. Connie, a dedicated triathlete, has always had a passion for cooking, particularly Italian, but she discovered her passion for baking only in 1993 after she gave up her career in investment banking to enroll in Peter Kump's New York Cooking School. Pam has never forgotten the wholesome homemade bread and treats of her childhood on the North Shore of Long Island. It's not just a tremendous fondness for desserts that runs her in her family, but she's also, but also the joy of baking them and sharing with the ones you love. Like Connie, she is also a competitive athlete, and before the two met and came together to start Levain Bakery, she worked at a legendary fashion designer, Norma Camila. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. I'm I'm super excited. I've been a fan of of Levain like like everyone else for a super long time. So I always like to start with my guests with their background. And I do I I mentioned it here about this this triathlete and this, you know, athleticism and I feel like that is I know part of your story, what led you led you to creating the cookies, but why don't why don't you start out with, with telling us um, from your point of view. We met swimming in a pool. um, It's a good place. A long long time ago. Yeah. 
we were actually two or four women who were swimming with a bunch of men. Okay. Um, and we were really there just for the exercise and the fun. But all of the men we were swimming with were doing these triathlons. And um, they were very encouraging and adamant that we should try it as well. So Connie and I decided we'd give it a go. Um, and yeah, it was yeah. great. We, we, we ended up you know, starting out with like a short sprint triathlon and it's like contagious. Um, so you do your sprint triathlon and within like three or four years we were signing up for our Ironman. Um, so it's kind of one of those things that, you know, you just keep on wondering how far you can go. So we It's a little are, bit addictive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we really bonded, you know, on the bike and um, that's where a lot of our inspiration for at least, you know, starting our own business, not knowing what that was going to be, you know, came from. When you're training for an Ironman, a bike, the bike segment is, is long. It's 112 miles. So part of the training, we spent Saturdays <laughs> just biking. Yeah. What's so, the swimming? That's the easy part. Yeah. Two really? And a half, well, two and a half miles. And yeah. what's, and what's the third part? Running. running. The running. It's a, a marathon. marathon. It's, Bye. <laughs> that's not, and that's, in not the day. hardest? You th- the, the biking is? Well, wow. the biking is most time-consuming. I think for both of us, the, the running was the hardest for sure. And it's at the end. Yeah. Like, I'm so impressed right now. <laughs> okay, it's, so, so, it's, so you need fuel. To, you need right. fuel. Okay. Yeah, and at that time, the fuel that was out there was not very real. Um, it was sort of bars that you could wrap around your handlebar, literally. Not very appetizing for two people who love to eat. Yeah, so that's why we, you know, we we started making these cookies, um, very much like the cookies that we sell in the bakery. Really big, really shareable. You know, you could put them in your back pocket of your bike shirt and just go off on a ride, and um, you know, they'd kind of power us through. Who? So who came up with the the recipe? And was it was it? Did you play around with different recipes at the beginning when you were when you're just making cookies for yourself? We did. That, I think what we make now is sort of a derivative of what we were making for ourselves then. Yeah, we basically kind of made the chocolate chip walnut cookie. Um, and it was very much like what we make now. Um, with a few, we had to really kind of tweak it because, of course, when we were making it for ourselves, we weren't making, you know, these huge batches. We were making smaller batches. So, you know, we were really tweaking it when we started making them at the bakery and things. That's when we really kind of had to kind of work on quote-unquote mass producing it but we were still making them a dozen at a time when we first started actually true so (laughs) okay I'm gonna I usually wait a little bit to ask my question from from my last guest but but my last last week's show his questions I guess apropos for now so let's go ahead with my question from last week I had on Mark Rosati he's the culinary director at Shake Shack and that's episode 204, and we're doing a new thing here. We're going to play it back so you can hear oh, Mark great. himself. So <laughs> here we go. I've always admired them. I've waited in that line to get their cookies, and they're very unique. They made a mark in this city, which is not easy to do, with a very original idea. And I guess I'd want to know, um, what's their creative process like to develop those cookies? And they have other stuff, too, but you... They kind of wrote a whole new chapter of what a cookie can be, what you could expect from that experience. So I'm just curious how they, how they set out to kind of create something like that. Well, you touched on it a bit, but I don't a know bit. if there's more yeah. about the creative process behind. Well, first of all, we'd like to thank him for waiting in line. I was going to say, for waiting in line, we appreciate <laughs> that. We've waited in the line at Shake Shack, too, and it's just as, uh, you know, as delicious. But you know, we were talking about this, and go ahead, Pete. Well, well we, we only make things that we really love, and both of us have always loved to share food. And, and I think we were talking with you a little bit about this, to try new things and to be able to constantly explore what's out there. So when we were sort of figuring out what we would make, we just kept trying to tweak it and make little changes until we came up with something that we really, really loved. And some of the things we make have sort of... Um, inspiration from our past and from growing up like our dark chocolate peanut butter chip cookie is sort of a riff of something my mom made um i think connie yeah connie really was behind the dark chocolate chocolate chip cookie which is 
kind of funny since I think I enjoy chocolate more than she does, but sometimes. <laughs> but I also think that, you know, at the bakery, it's, and I also think it's something that makes it really unique is that, you know, we're doing it. We we're constantly baking cookies, so it's you know it's like it's it, it's kind of like a all day event of you know having hot cookies coming out of the oven. We never we never run out, and so it's I think it's kind of unique in that respect too, where you know basically you can pretty much always come and coming in having a hot cookie if that's what you like, and um, I think that coming up with that process, you know, and you know making sure that we never run out was something that we kind of had to tweak as well. Right. So so going back to you were making cookies for yourself and you were when when did you have the moment where you said let's why don't we partner up and make this into a business? And then I'm thinking with the size of the cookie because I understand why the size was for you, but and you're saying it's meant for people now more as a shareable cookie. Do people know that? <laughs> I think they do. I know. Some I think people, they do. Some people share. Because they're delicious. I know. And you yeah. want to eat, I mean, well, you want to so, eat the whole thing. Well, well also people come to... There are times when that's okay. I know. Yeah. And people love to come to the store, too, and either tell us how they eat the cookie. You know, like I either break it and I share it with my husband and I, you know, we sit on the couch, or I like to cut it into quarters and then I freeze three of them and I put them in, the, you know, everyone, and it's amazing how many people come in and tell these stories about what they do you know, after they buy the cookie and how they eat it. And it's, it's really funny. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. We also have people who have specific people they like to share them with. They'll, you know, I like the inside, he likes the outside because our cookies have a lot of different textures as right. well. They tend to be crispy and a little bit crunchy on the outside and really chewy and gooey inside, especially if they're warm. Yeah, so, 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 the, so partnering up. Mm-hmm. And turning this 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 hobby or this just I don't know for yourself into right. a business. How did how did you commit? Like what what prompted you to do that? And then how did you go about finding a location on the Upper West Side? Well, I think when we were on the bike for all those hours, we started talking and realized that we both had ambitions to have our own business someday. So we started talking about what we each wanted to do and a bakery was definitely not in either of our minds at that time for sure just like uh, the triathlon initially <laughs> wasn't either exactly. yeah right. i think we're open to trying new things right. um so we had some ideas and i think at that time you were working at a restaurant or was that after shortly after yeah, i guess shortly after um yeah. yeah i was i'd gone to cooking school um and discovered bread baking there and, and really fell in love with it. And I was working in some restaurants, and in this last restaurant where I was, um, actually Anthony Bourdain was the was the chef. And he, I know you look at me like, really, <laughs> I know. Um, at Leon? Really, or no? No, okay. At, okay, it was, it, it was after that, it was, um, it was called Vince and Linda at One Fifth. Oh. So it was One Fifth Avenue right before it was it was not the most successful rendition at one fifth avenue okay but it had an amazing kitchen yeah which huge yeah and so what what amazing that you have that story to tell i know (laughs) and such a like he was really instrumental in helping us you know kind of understanding and you know was open to our idea of me going off their payroll and we could stay there and like try and start a, a wholesale bread business. We bartered bread for the space is what we did. And um, Connie yeah. stayed there full time and I still had my day job. I would come down on nights and weekends and that's that's really how we got started. Yeah, and he was super supportive. Um, you know, with his, you know, um, critiques of the bread and also just like, <laughs> just being there, you know, as you know, as a friend and, you know, really interested in helping well, us get started and allowing us to do that yeah which yeah. is great yeah and this this was in 94 when you opened mm, 90 well this was this it was, was the summer guess, of 1995 right? yeah okay yeah and he was he was just had just written like his first book it was a fiction um novel about it, like a murder mystery in a, in a kitchen so he was just starting his his writing career wow 
Yeah. Who knew? I know. I know. <laughs> so when you when you first opened, what was the menu? When we first started down there. When you first started there, and then when you had you go about finding your your place in the uh, the original the your your place on seventy. 74th, 74th yeah. yeah. I always say 74th yeah. or 76th. 74th. Um, finding that location. And what year did that open? That opened like six months later. Okay. So we knew that the situation at 1-5th was not a permanent one. Um, but it gave us the opportunity to sort of get our feet wet and start making things. And we were doing wholesale bread at that time. And just looking, driving around the city, running around the city, walking around the city, telling everybody we knew you know, look for spaces, let us know. And we looked at a lot of spaces. We did. Yeah. Yeah, and we actually had a space, um, which, thank goodness, it never, it didn't work out because it wasn't, it wasn't going to be a very good space. Yeah. But it was on Avenue B between 3rd and 4th, and that was back in the early 90s and things. And the last minute it fell through, um, which was really a godsend. Yeah, it turned out to be a blessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And pretty much right after that, our friend was running um, back from Central Park and passed that store on 74th Street and called us. And she's like, it was a little place. Yeah. You know, so we kind of... It's a great location. It's a great, it's a great location. location. The neighborhood wasn't quite what it is today back then, mm-hmm. but it definitely had potential. You know, and Fairway was a block away, which was amazing. That neighborhood has changed so much. It's incredible. It it has. I moved to New York in 98. So, and I remember, I always remember Levain Bakery and, and, oh, and, and it's the fact that you've been going so strong for all these years is, is very impressive. (laughs) But what, that was just, I like reminded myself to ask you, what's, what's the meaning behind the name? How did you come up with the name? (laughs) Because we were doing wholesale bread. We were looking for a name that was sort of appropriate to that and Levan being a natural starter like a sourdough starter seemed like a good fit to us yeah kind of a funny yeah. story I but. know and so we were sitting we, we were kind of you know last minute we were so busy no money no nothing and a friend of ours was helping us with with, with some graphics and we grabbed a bread book on our way to meet him and um we're just like flipping through it. We didn't have much time because really we just wanted to have like business cards made. <laughs> and he's like, well, what does that word mean? And I was like, we were like, well, it's a, you know, it's a sourdough starter. Yeah. It's a French word for a sourdough starter. And he's like, well, look how perfectly it fits over bakery. And it just makes kind of like a perfect square. And we were like, sure, whatever. You know, <laughs> you know? but then, it, yeah, but it turned out that it was really great because yeah. no one knows how to say it. Yeah, I, I feel I'm saying it wrong now. Well, you're close, <laughs> but it, it's Levin. Levin. Right. It's a great conversation starter. Right. Yeah, I think mean? my natural instinct is to say Levine. Well, phonetically, right? That's right. what it looks yeah. like, yeah. Levin. Yeah. Levin. Yeah. Tried to get it right the rest of the show. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But, it's, yeah, yeah, it's been great for that reason, because yeah. it's like people will come up to it, you know. We say, people come in, like, first thing in the morning and say, you know, you have to help us settle this argument. We talked about this all night. How do you say it? What does it mean? So it's been really nice. Yeah, you can't pay for that for like people sitting on a dinner table all night talking. Yeah, and talking then, about and then you. they tell you the stories about how they share the cookies. <laughs> yeah, right. It's exactly. really nice. It's true. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's take a little break here, and then we're gonna come back, and we'll talk a little more. So uh, stay with us. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by New York Mutual Trading, the premier Japanese food, alcoholic beverage, and restaurant supply specialist. Mutual Trading is the Japanese food authority, true to the heart in upholding genuine Japanese food traditions, and progressive in exploring new ways to provide innovative restaurant supplies and services. They import, export, distribute, and manufacture the top brands for retailer and food service customers nationwide. Learn more at nymtc.com. You can rewind, erase, forget my face. And when someone that's hidden, something remains, something you don't know. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. 
I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Connie McDonald and Pam Weeks, the founders of LeVan Bakery. LeVan. LeVan. You're getting there. I'm going to let you guys take it from here. Okay, so let's let's talk about... So the the how how you started with one. When did you decide to expand? And and were you? I mean, you you kind of fell into this as as being uh, into changing careers and and totally. but but you stayed committed. Like it was it was the right fit, right? It so, was perfect fit. Yes. Yeah. 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 Did you think the cookies were gonna be as? I don't even know the right no. word. Legendary, no. No. worldwide, famous, no. lying down the block. No, no idea. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even start out making the cookies. When we first opened on 74th Street, they were a bit of an afterthought. And Connie one night was just like, let me make some cookies. Yeah, things were a little <laughs> slow in the beginning. It's so funny because people think that like it was always like this. And I'm like, no, it was, you know... It was not always like this. As a matter of fact, we reminisce sometimes about a Saturday morning we were going to the bakery. This was very early on. like, um, And Pam looked at me with this very serious face. I was said, serious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and she looks at me and she says, you know, we have got to have a $300 day today. And Seriously. Like, yes. And I was, I was like nervous. It's like, okay. We can do it. We, we, had, no we money, had no money, and we had no backers, and you know we put everything that we had into it. But we believed in it, and um, well, quitting yeah. is never an option for us. So, yeah. but well, uh, right? <laughs> and I mean, I, I I still can't believe you. Do you guys still do um, triathlons? No, no. Okay, but. We, but are signed, still, we are signed up for one in June. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we still swim and go to the gym, and, like, Pam does a lot of yoga, and I spin and things. Yeah. But just now, like, trying to, you know, stay in Triathlons aren't very much fun if you're not... In shape. In really good shape. So, and it takes a lot... <laughs> but they're fun if you are in very good are. shape. They are. Okay. They are. You but can it, eat anything. You can eat anything. That's <laughs> a, like, a big advantage. But it's I think, awesome. Yeah, I think also... With the bakery, we wanted to really put 100% of our focus into that. Yeah, we ended up putting 200% of our focus into it, but it's like... Right. Yeah. yeah. So so the line with, with the cookies, how did that... When when did the cookies become this sensation? Was there was there a press article? Was... Well, it, yeah. it was a gradual thing, okay. but there was... There well, was, yeah, there was um, an article which was, was really pivotal. Um, and what the, the New York Times? Yes, the New York okay. Times. Yeah. Um, Amanda Hesser wrote, you know, back in um, the food section and the temptation. There was a temptation section, mm-hmm. and she wrote a like pretty big article that said that like from a small bakery, bakery comes yeah. a mountain of a cookie or something. And then she went on to say that it could be the. Uh, the best, best chocolate chip cookie in Manhattan. Yeah, and it was a lot funny of people because people feel that way. <laughs> oh, we feel very flattered and lucky and grateful that they do. I know. We think so. But well, I I, I went up this weekend and I did yoga on the Upper West oh, Side, uh-huh. brought, and then I went and had my indulgent cookies. I got a few. <laughs> What's your favorite? You know, I'm a chocolate chocolate person, but I would say probably the. The chocolate chip walnut, even yeah. though it's a good th- one. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So I lost my train of thought. So, <laughs> so, so, so the cookies became so pop- popular, mostly from from this article. Well, there were the like beginning. defining moments. So yeah. that article kind of saved us. You know, it really kind of put us on. You know, it it was a really. De- pivotal moment well, in the bakery people read the new york times all over the world and it was pretty amazing um that day you know we were getting calls from all over the country yeah we were just like it was, you know ecstatic it was really calls exciting people wanted to order them wanted or? to see if they could order them wanted to know who we were and what else we had and where we were and all of that and for years people came in and people still do sometimes come in with a little folded up piece of paper in their wallet like that they've saved for when they visit New York. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah amazing. that's amazing. You brought me some cookies and I'm getting a whiff of it right now. And I was like, yes, I'm so lucky because you're, you know, I hadn't had, I, I hadn't had your cookies in a while, but yeah, I went up when I went up and I had them again and I was like, these are amazing cookies. Like I, I, they really are delicious. And, and I didn't, so I went to the location on Amsterdam, which is only a few blocks away Mm -hmm. from your original (laughs) on the Upper West. So, but did you open that because, I mean, most places open a second location farther away from the first, but (laughs) you, you saw the demand. Is that? Well, we wanted to be able to better serve our customers and the neighborhood. We've we've always had a, a big attachment, I guess, a fondness for that neighborhood. And on 74th Street, we know many of the people there and a, a lot of the kids we watched grow up and probably most of them worked at the bakery at some point for a few days. So when, you know, 74th is so tiny and when the opportunity to open around the corner came up, we thought it would be perfect. And it's been really great. We've gotten, you know, Many of the people we hadn't seen in a while who live in the neighborhood because the lines are too long and who can wait on those lines sometimes came came back and it's been it's been great. What's a typical line these days? These it, days it's well bef- before we opened the the store around mm-hmm. the corner the lines were um they were they were long. It was really amazing, you know. People waiting an hour? Yes, okay. sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes rarely. And, but, but you know yeah. that line it's i find it to be an amazing line it moves quickly and it's got to be like one of the happiest lines i've ever seen in my life it's like you know if people are they're talking to each other they're laughing they're making friends with yeah. one another you know and that doesn't happen very much any you know we call anymore. it a cookie lovers parade now yeah <laughs> i love that yeah. right and and it's amazing because you have people from all demographics all over the world and everybody on that line is happy and talking to each other and it's really it's amazing um you know it brings people together yeah, yeah. we have a t-shirt that says world peace one cookie at a time on it that's one so. of our favorites <laughs> that's terrific yeah. how do you guys divide up the the workload or your different roles I think we each do whatever's needed. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have our, our strengths. Um, Pam I, has a very a genius um, business mind. Oh, I don't know about that, but... Well, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. And can also do anything on a computer short of, you know, oh. making it, you know... Well, necessity. It's amazing. Helps you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so. I'm also, I think, a little quieter and kind of a little more outgoing, so... Yeah, did your have your roles changed over the years? I mean, it's been it's been twenty four years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that just continued to evolve. I mean, I think that we've also tried to make sure that we each know what the other is doing, and hopefully can also do it. I I think I can do anything that Connie can do, and maybe not as well as what she does every day, and vice versa. Yeah, I'm so. not sure I could do what you do, but. Yeah. <laughs> But it's worked. It's it's been an amazing partnership, um, and we always say that a lot of people will be like, "Oh, the bakery is so successful. It's so great. You know what? what you know what are you most proud of?" And I'm most proud of that Pam's still my best friend, and that we're still yeah, friends. pretty amazing. Because it would be that really sad to it me is. if yeah. if I were sitting here alone or she was sitting here alone talking about the partnership that dissolved. 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah that wouldn't be much of a success story for me. Fortunately, not all partnerships always work, but it, when it's the right, I mean, that's where my that's tip That's where you got tip. I was tip. just going to go like, back to that. Yours yours has been very successful, and I feel it's a good example for people. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I you think know, that, it's like, it's great to have someone that you trust more than anything in the world. Yeah, I think it would be very hard to have a business without having somebody you can fall back on who you trust 100%. You might not always agree, but you trust. Yeah. And if you don't agree, you work it out. You figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, we always figure it out. Yeah. So what's what's next? I know you have four locations right now, right? 
We do. We do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to open one three blocks away from the one. Well, that's, that's one of we our talk jokes. About it. Like a little closer <laughs> to me, a little closer to Columbus yeah. Circle. How about well, that? We're headed downtown. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Yeah. So we're headed to um, open in NoHo. Yeah. Uh, I know. Nice. It's very very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. And Bleaker. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah, and I know. Then, I know. When I walk well, I walk down the street and I see a line, I'll know what what everyone's <laughs> waiting for. It's not, yeah, either the cookies or or uh, sneakers at uh, at Kip. sneakers. Yeah. It is. Right. It's either yeah. food or sneakers. I yep. know. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. a great neighborhood. It really so, is. It is. And then we also have plans to open on the Upper East Side this year. And we're really excited about that as well on 3rd Avenue between 83rd and 84th, which is another great neighborhood. It is, and yeah. I'm sure that's going to do well, too. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah, we feel like really excited. we can really be a part of those neighborhoods and serve them well. Absolutely. I was going to ask, with social media, because that, I don't know what year exactly everyone started Instagramming, but it wasn't around when you first started. No. But there were, I don't even think we had cell phones. I, know, I was going to say, I'm not sure cell phones were around. No. <laughs> yeah. There was color television. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and phones. We did have phones. We did. Yeah. Um, so funny. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, we're all showing We've been our doing ages. this a while. Yeah, exactly. But, okay, so social media, did, did that hugely impact your business? Because I know your cookie is Instagrammed a lot. It is. It's it is. amazing. I think that I, I love Instagram personally. Um, I do too. Yeah. I, I think that photographs and pictures are just an amazing way to tell a story. And I think our cookie is very much suited to that. And, you know, the shot of everybody breaking it open and you can really see and feel the gooeyness and almost the warmth through the, the lens of your camera. It's a fun shot. People and, uh, really have a lot of fun doing that. You know, like breaking that cookie, uh-huh. holding it up in front of like the logo on the you know on the door or whatever, and getting themselves in it. It's they. It's also it's really gratifying to see how happy people are. I mean, people post pictures of themselves at the bakery, and it's just amazing that we're able to do that. I mean, that's something that we really. Yeah. I mean, feel yeah. grateful for. Yeah, making people happy is really. A, what more could you want to do? pretty easy easy thing to do yeah well you're doing it (laughs) okay we're gonna take another break here and we're gonna come back we'll play my speed round game and talk some industry news stay with us this is all in the industry on heritage radio network This episode is brought to you by New York Mutual Trading, the premier Japanese food, alcoholic beverage, and restaurant supply specialist. Mutual Trading is the Japanese food authority, true to the heart in upholding genuine Japanese food traditions, and progressive in exploring new ways to provide innovative restaurant supplies and services. They import, export, distribute, and manufacture the top brands for retailer and food service customers nationwide. Learn more at nymtc.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Connie McDonald and Pam Weeks. And we are going to play my speed round game. Are you ready? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So what it is, is I name a few things and you get to pick your preference. Okay. Oh, so it's multiple choice? Yes. It's an an either or. Such as my, 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 my uh, tester is chocolate or vanilla. Oh, chocolate. (laughs) Chocolate. All right. You're going to be great at the game. (laughs) Here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat in. Eat in. Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Wine. Wine. Tasting menu or a la carte? Mm, that's hard. Oh. I can depends see how on, compatible you guys on the are. Night. I, know. <laughs> I think a la carte. Tasting menu is amazing too, though. I know. 
<laughs> I think it depends True. on how much I you've know. eaten already today. I know. Okay. <laughs> Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's oh, counter. Chef's counter. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. I kind of like all-inclusive. Takes the stress out of. <laughs> okay. I like tipping. I'm like I'm, I'm looking at Connie to make sure she's okay with your answer. Sure. <laughs> okay. How about this is this is probably the toughest one of the whole game. Chocolate chip walnut, dark chocolate chip, dark <laughs> chocolate peanut butter chip, or oatmeal raisin. Chocolate chip walnut. No hesitation no on hesitation. that either. I love them all, but there's something that's so satisfying about the chocolate chip walnut. You get yeah. the chocolate, you get the crunch, the walnuts add right. such a, a delicious savory. savory, like almost, mm-hmm. yeah, not quite definable, but it's there. Yeah. What about so, you? chocolate chip walnut. Okay. What about you? Yeah, the same, <laughs> same. Same, yeah. they're, they're all delicious. You really can't go wrong. Mm, thank you. Okay, swimming, bicycling, or running? Swimming. Swimming and biking. <laughs> but no, no, I, I don't think it's the word, but no yoga-ing uh, over there. Yoga over here. I love okay. yoga. I do, too. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She loves it. I'm, like, I'm into it, and I run, but I'm more into yoga these days. Yeah. Yeah. Running's nice because you get to be outside. And I love I do. to run. I just can't do it so much anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I was saying someone, telling someone the other day, I'm, I'm a little bit of a seasonal runner. Because I'll <laughs> run on treadmill, but it's not as great as running it's outside. Not. It's different. Yeah. No, and I used to, when we used to run a lot when we raced, I loved running in the winter. Yeah. Just well, like As long as it wasn't too cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you guys must not get yeah. very cold if you can do that. <laughs> okay, we got two more. Okay. Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Cheese plate. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Um, Manhattan or Bo- Brooklyn? Oh, Manhattan. Uh, although although oh, I'm learning a lot about Brooklyn these days. and You're liking it. I'm liking it. <laughs> my father, I live in my, Manhattan, but I love how Brooklyn is the way Manhattan kind of used to be. So That's both. a good way to say, yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. That's a game. There's no there's no losers in my oh, exactly. game. So I like that. Millennial. <laughs> yeah, no, no, everyone's a winner. It's it, but it's it's fun because everyone gets stuck on different things yeah. or or yeah. you know, answers differently. Yeah. I like those games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so industry news article came out yesterday in the New York Times entitled For Christina Tosi, Building a Dessert Empire is not all milk and cookies. And the subtitle is, as her milk bar chain enters the big leagues, the pastry chef's challenge is holding on to its small shop charms. And this is by Kim Severson. So I said before the show, I thought this was appropriate to talk with, sure with you <laughs> cookie queens and dessert people. Um, I mean, Christina Tosi's, uh, she's, she's, she's wonderful. And I, I've known her for a long time. I've known her. I knew her before she had this empire that she's building, but she is, it's the milk bars are just taking off. They are. And, um, I thought it was a a great piece talking about how she's, you know, trying to keep it. Um, so it's not just a a, a chain, I guess. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's that's the challenge, right? That's the challenge. And uh, yeah, it's because we all know and can think of, we won't say that, but of places that maybe same, you know, had the same challenges ahead of them, but maybe grew it too much, and then it lost its specialness. And yeah, Christina said something in that article. You know that I think we say to ourselves all the time: like you want to really maintain that sort of specialness and uniqueness, and you want every time somebody comes in to have the same amazing experience and for it to be special. Yeah, and and. I think, and it was focusing this article on the training she does for yes. mm-hmm. for the staff. So yeah, it's really we focus a lot on that as well. Yeah, I mean, you must. Yeah, I figured you can yeah. relate. Yeah. to... yeah. We have we amazing, have amazing people that work with us, and um, I think that that really helps helps a lot. But the training and making sure that people understand your vision and what you want to do is is 
the only way to, to try to maintain that. I know, because we, we always say that no matter how great our product is, if and people are so excited when they get there because they've either seen it on television or you know on Instagram and things, and they walk in and they have a terrible experience in the store, then it's just it's just going to be another cookie. Yeah, nothing's going to change right, that. Right, it's not going to be this great experience, which is what it's supposed to be. You know, the cookie and the great experience of coming to the bakery, which is all about the people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and she's hard. expanded. You know, she opened in Los she's, Angeles yeah. recently. She's at her 16th location in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And then last week there was announced how she's she's opening at the Ace Hotel. I know. Right. And it says it's the most ambitious project so far. Uh, she's going to have its own build-your-own-dessert station and mini bodega. Uh. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it's in- admirable. I, it's, it's, she's amazing. It's, I don't yeah. know how she really... Does it all? I know, I I know. And then I also think with all of her like exposure on the Food Network and things, and then when Mm -hmm. she has these places, and you know, sixteen throughout the country really isn't that many, right? And she's got all this exposure, so the like the amount of buzz and excitement that's around her is it's it's huge. It is, but and the the locations are also, I don't know, they I feel they started small, Mm -hmm. like and they they keep getting bigger. Yeah. Yeah. but I'm I'm happy for her success, and I I think it's um, I, I don't know. We'll see how far she takes this. I know. I, I know. Suspect she'll be pretty successful. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Do you guys Do you guys want to open outside the New York area? I know you have a place in in, in Hampton. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we have fantasies. You know, like yeah. I I know we have a lot of customers in LA. I think that would be a really fun place to open. We also have a lot of customers from Paris. I mean, that would be an amazing city to be in. Do you we, ship? like? We don't cookies? ship internationally. We okay. ship beautiful gift packages anywhere in the U.S., but not internationally yet. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, really people do ask, so maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> it's always more things you can work on. Of course. Yeah. But, well, you guys have been super successful. Christina has all this fabulous yeah. dessert stuff. Desserts are good. <laughs> they are. They make people happy, they do as we said. Yeah. Okay, so before we take a break, I just wanted to make a little announcement. So I'm heading down to South Beach Food and Wine Festival next week. It's their 18th annual Food Network and Cooking Channel South Beach Wine and Food Festival. I haven't... I should probably count how many I've been to. I've probably been to about 10. I'm from South... <laughs> well, I'm from Miami, oh, so wow. I usually go down. It's, it's a good time to go. It's a good time of year to go. <laughs> right? It is. It's, it's, I, I call it spring break for chefs. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this, uh, it's, I can't believe they've done it for 18 years, and their mission is to eat, drink, and educate, and it says they've raised more than $28 million uh for the Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management at FIU. And um, it's it's a great event. So I will be reporting from that. And uh, if you want to check it out, there's so many events and there's still tickets available. If you happen to be in South Florida, it's February 20th to 24th and their website's sobwff.org. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. And we're going to take one more break, come back, I'm going to do my solo dining experience, and we'll have the final question. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. 
So this week it's at Odette. Here's the rundown. The location. 1 St. Andrews Road National Gallery Museum, Singapore. No one, wow. Everyone was wondering what I was <laughs> no. going to say. Singapore, I'm flashing back to my New Year's Eve experience wow. this, this past year. So That's amazing. Yeah, Exciting. it was pretty amazing. So the concept is a loving tribute, a timeless destination. The chef and owner is Julian Royer and the Lo and Behold group. Why did I go? Because I was in Singapore, and it's when the top restaurants, having received numerous awards of excellence, and I was very curious about it. So my experience. So New Year's Eve, I got a table for one, and I was able to get this reservation from my friend Aaron Resby, who who knew the chef there because he had Odette had come to New York and done a dinner at the Chef's Club here, and so Aaron got me the reservation and they they were so lovely when I arrived they gave me a table for one that was facing the open kitchen and I had a lovely experience that after my three four hour meal uh, as part of New Year's Eve they took everyone in the dining room we got to go in the second floor of this uh, National Gallery Museum and we saw the fireworks for New Year's Eve that were uh, across across the the park at the Marina Sands Bay, and so it was it was it was really special in the fact that I was by myself in Singapore, and I typically don't go out on New Year's Eve. <laughs> it was brave. it was it was a wonderful experience. So what did I get? They had the Le Grand tasting menu, which was several amuse courses and nine courses plus desserts. Wow. My take. Fabulous, beautiful presentations. Some highlights were scallop au natural with crystal caviar, butternut squash with smoked speck, and langoustine with green apple, and there was a chantilly meringue for dessert. It was really fantastic. So the ambiance, it's an elegant, intimate dining room. It's it's like soft white and pink tones. It's it's very it's very welcoming and and spacious seating and the open kitchen. Well, they had the glass door that like shuts that you could see through the open kitchen, and um, so you don't get the, any noise from the kitchen. But it was um, it's really an elegant space. So I'd say it's perfect for a special night out with friends, a date, or solo. Interesting tidbit: the restaurant is named after Chef Julian's grandmother Odette, who he said has showed him how the most remarkable dishes can come from the purest ingredients and taught him the importance of adding that little something to create dishes that excite the palate and fill the heart. Personal fun fact, as I said, I normally stay home for New Year's Eve, so it was nice to celebrate, and it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I'm going with the cost being priceless. (laughs) Would I go back? (laughs) Yes. Website, OdetteRestaurant.com. Yeah, my... Sounds amazing. It It was amazing. It was really... It was really special, and what was cool was because I was there for a few hours dining, mm-hmm. and the staff is bringing you courses with tasting menu, and you, I got to know a bunch of the servers. Right. So by New Year's, we were on the roof, <laughs> and I felt like I made new friends. That's, That's so, so nice. Great. It sounds like it's such a yeah. special thing. And it wouldn't have been like that if you weren't alone, right? No. No, been... I mean, I toasted a little bit with the other diners mm-hmm. that were there, and uh, they but but. That's the thing with when you're solo, you meet people right. because you don't exactly. have anyone yeah. else to talk to. Right. I've so always it's like, yeah, enjoyed going out way. to eat alone. Yeah. So I find I, I meet people all the time. I make friends around the world mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. And yeah. and also going back to social media and Instagram, it's it's amazing. You stay connect. I stay connected with yeah. people I've met just from really just now. following someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So that was my experience. Okay, it's time for the final question. So, my next guest is Kim Severson, the writer of the article we just talked about. And she is a Southern-based correspondent for the New York Times who covers the nation's food news. So, what would you like to ask Kim? Well, we were saying we could ask a lot of questions, but... I know, she's amazing. Yeah. She is amazing. She's amazing, Yeah. yeah. We're excited to read her new book that's coming out soon. Um, but I think we settled on what would she make for a small dinner party of her few closest friends? What would her menu be? What would her menu be? Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> okay. I'm going to find out. <laughs> okay. We're excited to find I know. out. I <laughs> inspiration. 
Yeah, no, I've she's 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 very talented, and I've seen her at a lot of events. I mean, she lives in she's down in uh, Atlanta, but I I run into her at I, so I was at the Mad Conference in uh-huh. Copenhagen. And she's there. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. yeah, I run into her at like Everywhere. exotic places. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. It's funny how there's certain people like that, right? That you always. See. Yeah, and she's she's a great moderator too. I've mm-hmm. seen her on a sure. bunch of panels. She's just, she's, yeah, she's great good. writer. She's a great writer. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everything I pick up and read lately is <laughs> she's written. She's written. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, thank you, thank and you. thank you so much for coming on my show and for the cookies and thank you oh, so thank much you for, for having, having us. us and for the hats. Oh, you're I welcome. Yeah. I'm 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 in awe of what you've what you've accomplished and that you have this world famous cookie and more at, at your bakery. Thank you. Thank you and so much. And I wish you much continued success. Thank you. Thank We'd love you. to give you a tour someday. I'll take you up on that. Yeah. I yeah. love a behind the scenes yeah. tour. Yeah, I know. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll see. let's see if I can get the name right. Why don't you say it again? Leven. Leven. Yeah. You got it. Leven Bakery. That's it. There got you go. It. I got it for the future. Known for their world-famous cookies, my guests today have been Connie McDonald and Pam Weeks, and you can follow their follow them on social media. Lavan, 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 yep, bakery, dot <laughs> com. Yep. Follow them Perfect. there. Website. You can follow me at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR at All Industry. My website are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com and all of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org we are also on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify so you can listen to us anywhere, anytime thanks to my engineer today, Amanda and thanks again to Connie Pam and another Pam who's in the house (laughs) thank you so much it's been a pleasure having you guys on the show and stay tuned I'm off next week I will be back on Wednesday February 27th with my next show with Kim Severson so I hope you'll tune in then and thank you for being part of All in the Industry bye you may feel like a stranger Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family and become a member. Thanks for listening. <laughs>